0: Today we're going to try a podcast because it's no visual to read a book that doesn't re- really require a um, a visual re- video and Thoreau wouldn't like us wasting energy on videos uh, if we could do it in a podcast. Uh, so we're going to read from Henry David Thoreau's journal in 1840, the year 1840 of his journals in just in the best of Thoreau's journals so it's selected readings of the journal 1840 Thoreau made his first faint mark as a writer in the new transcendentalist magazine the dial he published his first poem a lyric on Alan Seawall's little brother and his first prose piece A brief, uh, hmm. let's see, a brief uh, uh, essay on a Roman poet. In summer, his love for Alan ripened, uh, and he certainly became more deeply interested in and she became more interested in him. In November, her father decreed against the marriage, and Thoreau would never, in the traditional sense of the term, fall in love again. At mid-year, he ended his first journal, which had run to 546 pages, and began his second one, the philosophizing. Continues to be permanent, The descriptions of nature become more detailed and deft. I'm just going to see if I can change the screen here. This is our first podcast. Now we're in 1840, January 19th. By a strong liking we prevail Against the stoutest fort At the length the fiercest heart will quail And our alliance court I don't know if that's a quote or a poem. By a strong liking we prevail Against the toutest stoutest fort at length, the fiercest heart will quail. And our, our alliance court, friends now, January 26th, they are like air bubbles on water, hastening to flow together. History tells of Orestes are- and P- Pylades and Daemon and F- Fith- Pythias. But why should not we put to shame those old reserved worthies by a community of such? Constantly as it were, through a remote skylight, I have glimpses of a serene friendship land and know the better why brooks murmur and violets grow. This conjunction of souls, like waves, which meet and break, subsides also backward over things and gives all a fresh aspect. I live henceforth with some gentle soul, such a life as may be conceived, double for variety, single for harmony too, only that we might admire at our oneness. One because indivisible. Such community to be a pledge of holy living, how could not unworthy be admitted into our society? To listen with one air to each summer sound, to behold with one eye each summer scene, our visual rays so to meet and mingle with the object as to be one bent and doubled and with two tongues to be wearied and thought to see spring ceaselessly from a double fountain. Don't know if that's under friends. <laughs> Diviniation is perspective memory. Hmm. This is February 16th. There is a kindred principle at the bottom of all affinities. The magnet cultivates a steady friendship with the pool, pole, all bodies with all others. The friendliness of nature is that goddess Ceres, Ceres who presides over every sowing and harvest, and we bless the same in sun and rain, the seed in the ground. Therese, for a season with its genial friends, there. All the earths and grasses and minerals are its host, who entertain it hospitably and plenteous crops and teeming wagons are the result. February eighteenth, all remo- romance is grounded on friendship. Do you think that's true? Mm. <laughs> Did you start with friendship? Or? What is this rural, this pastoral, this poetic life, but its invention? Does not the moon shine for Edomion's question? Smooth pastures and mild airs are for Cory, Dawn, and Phyllis. Paradise belongs to Adam and Eve, and Plato's Republic is governed by platonic love, Hmm. I don't know what he's saying. Do you know? Mm-hmm. Hmm. So on February 20th, the cor- coward's hope is suspicion. The heroes doubt a sort of hope. The gods neither hope nor doubt. Hmm. The coward's hope is suspicion and the hero's doubt is sort of hope. March 2nd. Love is the burden of all nature's odes. Hmm. The song of the birds is an epithelium of high hymenial. Men- the marriage of the flowers spots the meadows and fringes the hedges with puddles and diamonds. Hmm. In the deep water, in the high air, in woods and pastures and the bowels of the earth, this is the employment and condition of all things. March 16th, the cabins of the settlers are the points whence radiate these rays of green and yellow and russet over the landscape, out of these go the axes and spades with which the landscape is painted. How much is the Indian summer and the budding of spring related to the cottage. Have not the flight of the crow and the gyrations of the hawk a reference to that roof? The ducks alight at this season on the windward side of the river in in the smooth water and swim about by twos and threes, pluming themselves and diving to peck at the root of the lily and the cranberries which the frost has not loosened. It is impossible to approach them within gunshot when they are accompanied by the goal, which rises sooner and makes them restless. They fly to windward first in order to get underweight and are more easily reached by the shot if approached on that side. When preparing to fly, they swim about with their heads erect and then Gliding along a few feet with their bodies, just touching the surface, rise heavily with much splashing and fly low at first, if not suddenly aroused, but otherwise rise directly to survey the danger. The cunning sportsman is not in haste to desert his position, but awaits to ascertain, if having got themselves into flying trim, they will not return over the ground in their course to a new resting place." Mm -hmm. Is this about how to hunt ducks? (laughs) March 20, in society All the inspiration of my lonely hours Seems to flow back on me And then first have expression Love never degrades its votaries But lifts them up to higher walks of being they overlook one another. all other charities are swallowed up in this. It is a It is gift and reward both We will have no vulgar cupid for a go-between to make us the playthings of each other, but rather cultivate an irreconcilable hatred instead of this. seems he's uh maybe alluding to his uh relationship. Uh-huh. From his love, love quest with Alan Seawall. March 21, which didn't know, we didn't get much in the 1839 diary journal. March 21, the world is a fit theater today in which any part may be acted. There is this moment proposed to me, every kind of life that man lead everywhere and that imagination can paint. By another spring I may be a mail carrier in Peru, or a South African planter, or a Siberian exile, or a green land whaler, or a settler on the Columbia River, or a Canton merchant, or a soldier in Florida or a mackerel fisher off Cape Sable, or a Robinson Crusoe in the Pacific, or a silent navigator of any sea. So wide is the choice of parts. What a pity if the part of Hamlet is left out. He's saying the world is a fit theater in which any part can be acted. Hmm. You think we should do all those parts as a simulation to mm -hmm, be a mail carrier in Peru or a South African planter or a Siberian exile or a Greenland whaler or a settler on the Columbia River or a Malcanton merchant or a soldier in Florida, a mackerel fisher off Cape Sable or a Robinson Crusoe. Hmm. I am freer than any planet. No complaint reaches round the world. I can move away from public opinion mm. from uh, government from religion, from education from society. shall I be reckoned a ratable pull in the county? Of Middlesex, or be rated at one spear under the palm trees of Guiani. Shall I raise corn and potatoes in Massachusetts, or figs and olives in Asia Minor? Which would you prefer, dear? You want to raise corn and potatoes in Massachusetts, or figs and olives in Asia Minor? I prefer figs and olives. <laughs> Sit out the day in my office in State Street, and write it out on the steps of Tartary for my, brab, ding, nag. I shall sail to Patagonia for my Lilliput to Lapland. This guy is like. <laughs> I see, <he> like traveling. <laughs> In Asia Arabia and Persia, my days. I would like his daughter to marry him. No one um, I wouldn't let my so daughter marry him. I don't know he's uh, so science that he doesn't really want to work the way. So He doesn't want to settle down and work. He can this guy is a bad match for for it's good that he thought of not getting married altogether. Not <laughs> Well, she'd end up in Patagonia or somewhere in Lapland. Uh, He's married to books. Uh, He may be married to reading books. Uh, What if you're married to reading podcasting books online? Uh, He's married to podcasting books. In Arabian and Persia, my day's adventures may surpass the Arabian Nights entertainments. Did we read Arabian Nights online? Mm -mm. We did read Arabian Nights. Should we podcast the entire Arabian Nights? (laughs) I may be a logger on the headwaters of the Penobscot. Oh, we only did a few, like... uh, we did like in the 400s, we did like 50 nights, and we're not even near a thousand and one nights. Uh, we tried to read some. We had one book that started about 400. We got bored. <laughs> Actually, we liked that book, though, that translation. Uh, some of the stories I uh, You got bored. And also, and also if you did 50, it's a lot. I thought you liked Arabian Nights. Uh, we wouldn't have read 50. How would you do some? After fifty, I didn't. You didn't like it. No, I didn't want to read anymore. Some of 'em got rough, didn't they? It was awesome. Well, they kidnapped the girl, and uh-huh. there's a lot of roughness. Uh-huh. There's a lot of sexual harassment in the *Arabian Nights*. <laughs> I may be a logger on the headwaters of the Penobscot, to be recorded in fable hereafter as an ambitious river god by uh, sounding a name as Trident Triton or Proteus carry first from Natka to China and be more renowned than Jason and his golden fleece or go on a south sea exploring expedition to be hereafter recounted along with the Priapus ofvano, I may repeat the adventures of Marco Polo or Mondoville. There are but few of my chances, and how many more things may I do with which there are none to be compared. So a guy before he gets married, he thinks about all the places he could go right if he wasn't married, so as he got he has an extensive reins of us. Thoreau's, uh, we're reading from Thoreau's bucket list. Mm -hmm. But Thoreau hardly went, Thoreau didn't leave. uh, I thought that Thoreau went to Chicago once, but he never went. uh, He didn't go far away from, he went to New York, did he? Or am I mixed up? Thoreau did go to New York. Remember, he went to Staten Island, and he would go into Boston, and he went to Maine. He was going to go on a tour. Oh, he went as far as the Indians. He went out to almost sort of thinking Kansas or something, or North Dakota or whatever, but he went, the farthest he ever went was, he went to meet some Indians, and maybe Chicago uh, but mainly he just went to Maine and Massachusetts he didn't go far Hmm. well his his bucket list was not realized and he realized he needed to just write his books and he cut back on his attempted lecturing or his TED Talks March 30th Pray, what things interest me at present? A long soaking rain, the drops trickling down the stubble. Though I may drench, lay drenched on a last year's bed of wild oats. By the side of some bare hill, ruminating. We used to have oats, and oats are kind of prickly. Like to lie in wild oats is kind of both itchy and prickly. It's easier to like play in wheat or corn or something, but oats are a little prickly. These things are um, of moment to watch this crystal ball globes just sent from heaven to associate with me while these clouds and this sombre drizzling weather shut all in. We two draw near and know one another. The gathering in of the clouds with the last rush and dying breath of the wind, and then the regular dripping of twigs and leaves the country over, the oppression of inward comfort and sociableness, the drenched stubble and trees that drop beads on you as you pass their dim outline, seen through the rain on all sides drooping in sympathy with yourself, These are my undisputed territory. This is nature's English comfort. The birds draw closer and are more familiar under the thick foliage, uh, composing new strains on their roost against the sunshine. Hmm. April 4th, we look to windward for fair weather. Do you look windward for fair weather? Oh, I suppose. You know, after the wind passes, don't you have fair weather? Because the front moves through. After, like, a storm or rain, you have fair weather. We look to a windward for fair weather. That's what I'm going to do then. I'll look for after the storm, or the after the front. April 8th. How shall I help myself by withdrawing into the garret and associating associating with spiders and mice, determining to meet myself face-to-face sooner or later? Completely silent and attentive I will be this hour and the next and forever. The most positive life that history notices has been A constant retiring out of life a wiping one's hands of it. Seeing how mean it is and having nothing to do with it. Wow, this is like him planning to go to Walden. He is not at Walden yet. 1840 is pre-Walden. He's talking about how he's going to go into meditation. (laughs) April 8th. How shall I help myself by withdrawing into the garret and associating with spiders and mice, determining to meet myself face to face sooner or later? Remember, he withdrew to the woods to find himself completely silent and attentive. I will be this hour and the next and forever forever. The most positive wife that history notices has been a constant retiring out of life, a wiping one's hands of it, seeing how mean it is and having nothing to do with it. Hmm. You could post this to my quotationist philosopher page on Flipboard. <laughs> Because it's a quotation. I could be like a quotationist philosopher where I just spew out quotes. (laughs) And say he has no mind of his own. He just spews out quotes (laughs) of others. June 22nd. When we are shocked at vice, we express a lingering sympathy with it. Mm. Mm. Do we... On your shocked advice, do you express a lingering sympathy with it? You don't. hmm It's funny how we observe vice uh, when we watch the news, I guess. Uh-huh. Dry, rot, rust and mildew. shock no man for none is subject to them.) <clears throat> <clears throat> June 23, we Yankees are not so far from right. Who answer one question by asking another? Yes and no are lies. Uh Hmm. A true answer will not aim to establish anything, but rather to set all well afloat. All answers are in the future. And day answereth today, do we think we can anticipate them? Hmm. In Latin, to respond is to pledge oneself before the gods. Uh Hmm. To do faithfully and honorably as a man should, in any case, this is good. So delicious is, pl- this is June 24th, so delicious is plain speech to my ears. As if I were to be more delighted by the whistling of the shot than frightened by the flying of the splinters, I am content. I fear to be quite battered down and make a ruin of. I outgeneral myself when I direct the enemy to my vulnerable points. Hmm. The loftiest utterance of love is, perhaps, sublimely satirical. Hmm. Goodness. The loftiest utterance of love is, perhaps, sublimely satirical. Sympathy with what is sound makes part of what is unsound. Hmm. Do you think uh, think the opposite can be sort of embedded in one quality? Yeah. Hmm. <clears throat> Cliffs evening, through though the sun set a quarter of an hour ago, his rays are still visible, darting halfway to the zenith. That glowing morrow in the west flashes on me like a faint presentiment of morning when I am falling asleep. A dull mist comes rolling from the vest as if it were the dust which day has raised. A column of smoke is rising from the woods yonder to uphold heaven's roof till the white comes again. The landscape, by its patient resting there, teaches me that all good remains with him that waiteth. And that I shall sooner overtake the dawn by remaining here than by hurrying over the hills of the west. <clears throat> He's lingering after the sunset, I think, because huh? there still is light, huh? Morning and evening are like as brother and sister. (laughs) Do you think the morning and evening are brother and sister? In a way? Aren't they similar? Morning and evening are like as brother and sister. The sparrow and thrush sing and the frogs peep for both. The woods breathe louder and louder behind me with what hurry-scurry night takes place. The wagon rattling over yonder bridge is the messenger which day sends back to night. But the dispatches are sealed. In its rattle the village seems to say this one sound and i have done red then is day's colour at least it is the colour of his heel he is stepping westward we only notice him when he comes and when he goes with noble perseverance the dog bays the stars yonder I, too, like thee, walk alone in this strange, familiar night, my voice like thine, beating against its friendly concave, and barking, I hear only my voice, my own voice, ten (laughs) o'clock. We can actually pause these recordings and redo them if you want to make coffee. (laughs) We now have a new paradigm. Hmm. we're podcasting live from New York City (laughs) June 25th let me see no other conflict with prosperity if my path run on before my level and smooth it is all a mirage in reality it is steep in our doors as a Chamo pass C-H-A-M-O-I-S I will not let the years roll over me like a juggernaut car. We will warm us at each other's fire. Friendship is not such a cold, free fining process as a double sieve, but a glowing furnace in which all impurities are consumed. Men have learned to touch before they scrutinize, to shake hands and not to stare. June 26th, the best poetry has never been written. For when it might have been, the poet forgot it. And when it was too late, remembered it. Or when it might have been, the poet remembered it. And when it was too late, forgot it. (laughs) You think that's true? (laughs) The best poetry has never been written? (laughs) Hmm. Mm. Mm. Whatever the best is. Mm. The best poetry has never been written for when it might have been, the poet forgot it. And when it was too late, remembered it. Or when it might have been, the poet remembered it. <clears throat> and when it was too late, forgot it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if this is a poem or what it is. The highest condition of art is artlessness. The truth is always paradoxical. He who will get to the goal first, who stands stillest, there is one let better than any help, and that is let alone. By severance, you may escape suffering. Sufferance, you may escape suffering. He who resists not at all will never surrender. When a dog runs at you, whistle for him. Say not so, and you will outcircle the philosophers. Stand outside the wall, and no harm can reach you. The danger is that you will be walled in with it. Hmm. This is like philosophical poetry. Now, after he says the poems have not been written, now he says the highest condition of art is artlessness. Do you think that your highest artwork is actually just um, developing your own soul? highest condition of art is artlessness. Truth is always paradoxical. He will get to the goal first who stands stillest. So, just absolute stillness and artlessness. So, sit still and don't make any art. There is one let better than any help, and that is let alone. So now he says, Be alone and be still. By sufferance, you may escape suffering. He who resists not at all will never surrender. I guess you wouldn't surrender if you didn't resist. When a dog runs at you, whistle for him. Say not so, and you will outcircle the philosophers. Stand outside the wall, and no harm can reach you. The danger is that you will be walled in with it. June 27th. I am living this 27th of June, 1840. A dull, cloudy day and no sun shining. The click of the smith's hammer sounds feebly over the roofs. And the wind is sighing gently as if dreaming of cheerfuler days. The farmer is plowing in yonder field. Craftsmen are busy in the shop. He's living in Concord at this time, probably. The trader stands behind the counter and all works go steadily forward. But I will have nothing to do. I will tell Fortune that I play no game with her and she may reach me in my Asia of serenity and indolence if she can. Do you think he was living at Emerson's house? <laughs> Her mom's house. <laughs> hmm. July 10th. We know men through their eyes. We you might say that the eye was always original. And unlike another, it is the feature of the individual and not of the family and twins still different. Hmm. Do you think that that the eyes are different in twins, identical twins, and that the when eyes are the windows of the soul. Mm-hmm. We know men through their eyes. We might say that the eye was always original and unlike another it is the feature of the individual and not of the family in twins still different. <clears throat> Oh, a man's privacy is in his eye, and its expression he cannot alter more than he can alter his character. So long as we look a man in the eye, it seems to rule the other features and make them too original. When I had mistaken one person for another, observing only his form and carriage and inferior inferior features, the unlikeness seemed of the least consequence. But when I caught his eye, and my doubts were removed. I seemed to pervade every feature. It seemed to pervade every feature. The eye revolves on an independent pivot, which we can no more control than our own will. Its axle is the axle of the soul, as the axis of the earth is coincident with the axis of the heavens. Hmm. Like I was saying, is the eye the window of the soul? Its axle is the axle of the soul. Well, the axle. So. Hmm. The eyes section is July 10th. July 12th. The wise man will always have his duds picked up. Uh-huh. And be ready for whatever may happen as the prudent merchant, notwithstanding the lavish display of his wares, will yet have them packed and ready to be removed in emergencies. In this sense, there is something sluttish in all finery. When I see a fine lady or gentleman dressed to the top of the fashion, I wonder what they would do if an earthquake should happen or a fire suddenly break out, for they seem to have counted only on fair weather. See, this is why I take, what I call my raincoat and rain gear and my boots and all this stuff. And you say, why are you taking all that stuff alone? <laughs> then I go out and the rain with the dogs and walk the dogs in the slush with my boots and raincoat (laughs) and that things will go on smoothly without jostling those curls and jewels so nicely adjusted expect an unusual difference from the elements (laughs) our dress should be such as will hang conveniently about us and fit equally well in good and in bad fortune, such as will prove itself of the right fashion and fabric, whether for the cotillion or the earthquake. You think he could work at, like, North Face, or maybe like a, a, an outpacker store or a, or a outdoor store? <laughs> he could promote... Uh, Hiking clothes. Hmm. We could use use Thoreau for promotion. Just use his words. Uh-huh. July 19th, these two days that I have not written in my journal set down in the calendar as the 19th and the 18th of July I have been ready and Ian in which... A Syrian empire might rise and fall. How many Persias have been lost and won in the interim? Night is spangled with fresh stars. Do you think he's an idealist and that transcendentalism is just a branch of idealism? or extreme idealism, or if you mix idealism with mysticism or nature, if you believe, if you become a naturalist who believes in idealism, do you end up a transcendentalist? July 27th, when bravery is worsted, it joins the peace society. Hmm. When bravery is worsted, It joins the peace society. Of course, they had talk about uh, anti-slavery and things going on. And the Civil War is still a long ways off. Hmm. We finished reading 1840 in our first trial podcast of podcasting from New York City. Hmm. We did the, the, the best of Thoreau's journals from 1840, from edit, edited by Carl Bodie. Hmm. I'm reading from the best of journals, from, not the complete, not selected either, just the best, huh? according to one man's opinion. Any comment? we were trying to say we don't need a video of this recording because it's only reading a book uh, and throw doesn't has had enough uh, energy has been used already on uh, on the internet and the podcast is much more econo- economical for sound files than than video files <laughs> Did you enjoy the podcast? Mm-hmm. Okay. This was The Journals of Henry David Thoreau from 1840.